Welcome to the Awesomers.com podcast. If you love to learn, and if you're motivated to expand your mind, and heck, if you desire to break through those traditional paradigms and find your own version of success, you are in the right place. Awesomers around the world are on a journey to improve their lives and the lives of those around them. We believe in paying it forward, and we fundamentally try to live up to the great Zig Ziglar quote, where he said, you can have everything in your life you want if you help enough other people get what they want. It doesn't matter where you came from, it only matters where you're going. My name is Steve Simonson, and I hope you will join me on this awesomer journey. If you're launching a new product manufactured in China, you will need professional, high-resolution, Amazon-ready photographs. Because Simo Global has a team of professionals in China, you will oftentimes receive your listings photographs before your product even leaves the country. This streamlined process will save you the time, money, and energy needed to concentrate on marketing and other creative content strategies before your item is in stock and ready for sale. Visit simoglobal.com to learn more, because a picture should be worth 1,000 keywords. You're listening to the Awesomers Podcast. You're listening to episode number 106 of the Awesomers.com podcast series. All you need to do is go to awesomers.com slash 106 and you can find today's show notes and details. Sometimes we even throw in a transcript and a, and a link or two. So it's a, a good thing to check out. Now today is part one of a three-part series with my special guest, Daniel Amadori. Daniel is the co-founder of Future Money Trends, which is a series of different money-related newsletters. He's a self-made multimillionaire, a full-time fact finder, and a proud father of three. In 2010, when he first launched his uh, Future Money Trends idea, it became one of the first personal finance newsletters in this new economy. Today, the site has been widely recognized as an authority for financial freedom and economic research in commodities, cryptocurrencies, personal finances, cash flow, and income ideas. The main mission is to increase the financial position of the, the newsletter recipients so they can become financially independent. They partner with key players in the microcap space to build companies and profit from the development of these businesses. Each week, they share wealth building ideas and interviews, a weekly wealth digest, and other new investment ideas. When it comes to economics or microeconomic investing, there's definitely a real trend and a, a technique required to help forecast these things, and Daniel is definitely an authority in that respect. Now, I enjoyed our, our meeting with Daniel, and I think you will too. This is, again, part one of three. Let's go ahead and get started right now. Hey, everybody. Steve Simonson back again with Awesomers.com, and today we are joined by my very special guest, Daniel Amaduri. Did I get that close? You nailed it. Whew. All right. Uh, that's pretty good for me. Uh, my, my record is not that great uh, getting the name, so I'm glad I got you here, Daniel. Um, I've already read in your bio at the top of the show, and so people kind of have the, the high level of uh, who you are and where you come from. But tell us literally today, you know, where do you live and what, do you, what takes up your day-to-day -day time? Sure. I'm, I'm in Central Texas. Um, I am a very passionate dad and entrepreneur and investor. And so uh, I spend a good portion of the day with the family in the morning and the afternoons. And then uh, during the kind of the middle of the day from 9 a.m. to say 3 p.m., um, I just love going through the Internet and reading um, and looking for different ideas on investments or what other people are doing. I love reading books. I try to read a book a week. Um, as well as doing uh, great interviews like this and just uh, kind of sharing ideas with other people. 
Nice. Uh, I'm. Uh, I, I like to read, or at least to learn. Uh, what, what's uh, one of your favorite books you've read recently that you care to share, if at all, if any? You know, uh, my favorite book that I've read recently um, was a book called Homo Sapiens, and um, it was the first time I've read something like that. And it was, um, it was like this history of of, of humanity. And it was very interesting. It was fascinating, and it talked about. Uh, it even got into like the subconscious mind crossing into like the stuff that I'm more familiar with, which is wealth books. Because what happened was since I was 13 years old, I've read nothing but personal finance and money type books because that was my fascination. But in the last year, I've really tried to like say, you know what, I need to like diversify, you know, what I'm learning. So I'm trying to read more about history and, and more about philosophy. Nice. Yeah, it definitely uh, when you have your kind of the center of your target that you're always living in, it doesn't hurt to kind of branch out from time to time. That's for sure. Um, so tell us about um, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Future Money Trends is a website that you started uh, some years ago. Tell us about that history just briefly, if you will. Yeah, so Future Money Trends. So, so I started actually a YouTube channel in 2008. I got I was warning all my friends and family to get out of housing, sell their stocks in 2007 pretty much nobody listened. Um, and everybody got tired of me forwarding them the emails. I was that family member that kept forwarding emails there right, every day. Nobody wanted to read them. So my wife was like, why don't you start a YouTube channel? YouTube was new. It wasn't even owned by Google yet. And I started a YouTube channel. Um, and it became very popular. And over the years, my wife uh, had strongly encouraged me uh, to start a newsletter. She wanted to quit her job. She's like, you should have a blog and a newsletter and you know, build something. And so it was actually from her pushing me that I, I did it. And um, that's how Future Money Trends got started. And today we have uh, seven different newsletters that all focus on something about the uh, investment world. So some are cannabis focused or blockchain, some are personal finance focused, some are penny stock focused. And, um, you know, we've, we've partnered with a few key people in each industry to present different ideas. Um, but you know, where I get my most of my enjoyment, um, is with the future money translator letter and that's suggesting cash flow ideas to people. Um, and all of our letters, but one are free because we simply have a, an, an advertising based model. So we get paid from advertisers, people who click on ads on our website or in our emails, that's how we get paid. So the, uh, information I'm, I'm giving to everybody is, is from, you know, basically whatever I'm, whatever I'm investing in, that's what I'm sharing. Nice. Uh, I, I, it's a very egalitarian system, right? If people uh, can, can find a uh, piece of information that resonates with them, they're interested in it and they can access it on a, uh, as you said, an ad based monetization for you guys, everybody's winning without uh, risking too much. Uh, but I imagine that didn't come up overnight. Um, just, just, uh, you know, in the, the, the top view, when, when you, what led to kind of the success or the tipping point? Uh, you know, I, I know a lot of guys with YouTube uh, channels and they didn't make any money off of that. I know a lot of guys with blogs, they didn't make any money off of that. So what was the tipping point for you to figure out how to monetize this thing? It's a great point. Um, I think one of the things that I had uh, to my advantage was first mover advantage. So when I started doing YouTube videos, there was only one other guy talking about the economy. Can you imagine that going on to YouTube now? There's a million of them, right? But it was mostly cat videos or, you know, maybe a political speech or something. So I had first mover advantage. And um, when I did that, uh, when I started my YouTube channel, so if you wanted to hear about the economy or stock market, that's was the channel you'd go to. You'd go to my channel. Uh, Google took over YouTube. And then I became a Google partner 
Um, and they started paying me and I got to 2,500 a month was, which was out. That was kind of cool. And then I became a spokesperson by just having an advertisement right before my videos for a group uh, that focused on inflation. And that's kind of how the monetization started. So this all started out as a hobby. Um, and then I started to monetize it. Um, and then with the newsletter specifically, um, I only focused on building a great product. I did not even consider an advertiser for six months. All I did was focus on building a great letter that delivered value to people. And after about the sixth month, when I felt like it had it had a good track record, it had a good history of articles, it had good content to bring to people, that is when I sought out advertisers. But I did something different. I didn't just put uh, like a Google ad or you know any advertisers. I actually sought out my advertisers. So what I did was the companies that I was investing in, I would say, hey, look, I'm investing in you. Um, I want to talk about you and I'm going to do it either way, but why don't you have banner ads? Uh, why don't you pay me to do um, a, a podcast and interviews on YouTube and I'll have a six second advertisement on the front of the YouTube video. And that's how we started monetizing it. Nice, yeah, I, it sounds... Uh like a very organic, natural way. And that, of course, uh, meets the, the needs of you as the, uh, the platform provider, the listeners or viewers in that case on YouTube, and obviously the advertisers as well. Hey, that's a pretty good uh, intro to a sponsor break for us. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Hey, Amazon Marketplace professionals. This is Parsimony ERP, and we get one question over and over. Can you please tell me exactly what Parsimony does? Well, we'll try, but this is only a 30-second spot, so we're going to have to hurry. Connect to your Seller Central account and pull all the new orders. Enter the orders with all customer data. Enter all of the Amazon fees and charges. Store them at the item level. Generate profit and loss reports at the SKU level. Automatically generate income statements. Handle multiple companies. Handle multiple brands. Handle multiple currencies. Facilitate budgets and forecasts. Store all customer interactions in a sophisticated CRM system. Manage your supply chain. Project and task management. Maintain an audit log. Hey, you get it. That's parsimony, P-A-R-S-I-M-O-N-Y.com, parsimony.com. We've got that. You're listening to the Awesomers Podcast. Okay, we're back, everybody. Daniel's uh, kind of given us a little bit of his history, and I want to dive a little further into your origin story, Daniel, before we, we start talking about some of the investment uh, problems, the typical problems that people face with investing. And boy, I've got a ton of questions for you there, so I hope you're ready for some rapid-fire action. Um, before we do that, uh, so w w I'd like to know kind of where people came from. So, you know, what, what part of the country or world were you, were you born in and where did you come from originally? Sure. I, I came from uh, Southern California. I lived there till I was about, uh, gosh, I think 33 years old. And, uh, I wanted to free myself of the income tax. So I started looking at warm, warm, no income come tax stage, which is Nevada, Texas, and Florida. And out of those three warm ones, um, I fell in love with Texas. I actually fell in love with Florida, but my wife fell in love with Texas. So let me correct myself. <laughs> yeah, that's, um, uh, that sounds more accurate. Yeah. <laughs> I like the uh, warm ocean, warm, clear ocean water. And she liked the three hour flight to California to visit family. And so we ended up in the central Texas area, uh, which is a lot less traffic, which I don't, I don't, uh, have to leave the house, so I don't deal with traffic anyway. But um, for the most part, it just it was it felt more spaced out than say like Houston or, or Dallas or even San Antonio. Uh, so I, I moved to the hill country of Texas, and we just fell in love with the people. Moved here to save on taxes, but absolutely fell in love with the people. 
um, all of the neighbors we've become close friends with, and uh, just a great place to raise a family. Well, it's, uh, you're not alone in that uh, particular migration pattern, right? So many people from, from California are trying to exit due to their crazy high uh, taxes and you know, many other things. There's plenty to like about California. There's, there's plenty to dislike about California from my perspective. Um, what about um, a, a defining, or actually, what, what was your first job? I, I would love to know that. Did you have a proper job? Maybe you came out of university or something? Tell us about that. So, I mean, I, I've been involved in entrepreneurship since a very young age. I used to get in trouble at school as low as young as fifth, fifth grade. For uh, the teacher was selling pencils for ten cents. I was selling them for nine cents. Um, uh, but when I was a teenager at sixteen, I was in martial arts, and I had the opportunity. There was a karate school that was uh, going to close down, and I happened to have just gotten my black belt. So I actually became part owner in a, in a martial arts studio. And that was my first job was just being a 25% owner in a company. And uh, it wasn't very profitable, more was a, a business of passion. However, one of the partners was a very successful businessman who was also in martial arts. Uh, he was actually my instructor. And he was a very good mentor. I would say he's like the rich dad of my story in Rich Dad, Poor Dad, um, that he was the one encouraging me to, hey, look, uh, when you get out of, of high school, uh, instead of you know trying to buy a house, buy a fourplex, live in one, rent the other three out, check, don't buy stuff, buy businesses. And he was a good mentor. So actually when I got out of high school, I, I started buying rental properties and that's kind of what I did. I did real estate uh, for about till 2007. And uh, that's what was my main focus in life. Wow. Um, so that's, uh, first of all, I, I love the fact that even as a teenager in high school, you had a, a slice of a pie <laughs> in a business. That's pretty awesome. Uh, and how about a big lesson? You know, you uh, talked earlier about, you know, giving warnings in 2007 and 2008 to, to folks to get out of the stock market, get out of housing. Sounds like you were deep into housing with your rentals. Uh, any lessons along that journey that you've uh, cared to share? Yeah, you know, look, I I ended up losing almost all the money I made uh, from the year 2000 when I turned 18 years old to 2007. You can imagine buying houses in Southern California. I had only experienced making money, kind of like people last year where all these people were quitting their jobs to trade cryptocurrency. They're like, I'm leaving my plumbing job to trade cryptocurrency. And like, you know, people can't see my hand on if you listen on the podcast, but they, they were going vertical. So that was my experience. And um you know, 2007, even though I saw the cracks in the, in what was happening and telling everybody, you know, Hey, get out of housing. I was actually buying even more, 10 times more, uh, trying to make one last big profit. And I ended up having a ton of foreclosures, like 10 foreclosures, a handful of short sales. It was a real disaster, almost filed bankruptcy. Uh, and the lesson was two things for me. First of all, you want to stay capitalized. Uh, you should, you should love having a nice cash position and the second thing is to not confuse a bull market for brains, or even worse, in my case, a bubble for brains. Uh, you know, look, you can be smart. You can you can only make money if you're in the game. You can only make money if you if you are running that business and actually doing something. But consider the environment around you. Uh, and when times are really good, you should be saving for the bad, because when the bad times come, that is actually when you can even make more money. Think about someone buying homes in 2005 versus somebody buying homes in 2009. 
the guy buying homes in the worst environment versus the best environment, the guy who made bought in the worst environment, he actually made a fortune over the past six, seven years. So I think really focusing on what cycle you're in. Are you in the, are you in the cycle where it's raining money or where it's a drought? And you have to be mindful of that. Well, I think uh, definitely good advice. And for those that aren't familiar with the cyclical nature of uh, these different things, markets in general operate in cycles. Uh, as you uh, alluded to earlier, you know, last year, everybody's a genius because Bitcoin's just going up, right? Uh, I put in a thousand and, and now it's worth 10,000. I'm a genius. And uh, the, the moment that that 10,000 is then worth 2,000, uh, you don't feel so smart. And of course, you know, uh, it was all just kind of the cyclical nature and, and the bubble effect. Uh, we'll probably talk a little bit about cryptocurrency uh, in the, as, as we dive deeper into this. Um, so uh, that's a very important best lesson. Thank you for sharing that. How about uh, a best day of your professional life so far? Was there any day that you looked back and said, this is a pretty good day and maybe took a victory lap or what have you? Uh, anything you can... Uh, Talk about? You know, I would say, so for my business, the best day is when other people make money. Now I'm making money with them, right? Because I'm only buying the stocks that I cover uh, or the investments, whether it's cash flow or private notes. Uh, but I, the best day of my business was in 2016. I had a, I, I was speaking at a conference in Houston. Uh, a 75 year old man came to the conference and approached me, shook my hand and said, I came here from Carlsbad, California to shake your hand. I made $80,000 over the past three months uh, with one of your gold stocks because gold was really hot in 2016, so they were doing really well. And without a doubt, I'll never forget that moment because um, I've received the emails about, you know, where, look, the, you know, changing money habits and the things I've taught people and shared with people in my own life, it has helped them. And so, but being able to physically, I don't get to meet a lot of people because I'm online. So actually being able to meet somebody and talk to them and, and it was just, it was an, it was incredible. It was an incredible day. Yeah. It sounds very rewarding indeed. Um, and then just before we kind of dive into your, the, the crux of the problem that entrepreneurs face when they, they come to dealing with their money or awesomers in general, it doesn't have to be an entrepreneur. We all have challenges with money. I think uh, there's different levels of comfort different people have. Uh, but before we do that, I, I'm just curious if there's ever a time uh, you know, since you got going, you know, in your own businesses or what have you, that you wanted to give up, maybe just step back and go, you know what, this is too much for me. I need to go find a, a nine to five cubicle gig. So uh, after the housing market imploded, um, I, I dealt with all these foreclosures. I essentially stopped doing real estate. Um, did feel very defeated that um, I was not going to be successful. Uh, since I was a boy, I felt this destiny, this manifest destiny that I would be successful, that I would be wealthy. But in 2008, I definitely felt like I had done, I had really screwed up because think about it. When I, I had a lot of debt on the hook now. I destroyed my credit score. So I got a job at a grocery store. I did that for two years. Uh, even at the, even as I was starting to do well again with YouTube and this or, other organization and, and building future money trends. But um, I had done that, and I'll tell you, that had that was a really good experience because I hated every second of it, and I became a person where I was no longer would be ever scared to lose a job. I was terrified to have one. I felt like I was in prison. I didn't like that I had to be on somebody else's schedule. I didn't like having a boss. I didn't like asking permission to take a vacation. 
I just hated everything about it. So now fast forward to when I started Future Money Trends, we have been in, in we have had good times and bad times and we've had uh, difficulties we've had to overcome. And I'll tell you, not once have I ever thought about stopping. Um, I have failed so many times in business um, with business ideas, certainly, because you're always trying something new and the failing happens 90% of the time. And never have I thought of it as a, as a, as a dead end or a, or a, or a cul-de-sac or a wall. It's just, just, you just keep going. This is what I'm going to do. I, I have found what I love and I'm, I'm not going to stop doing this. Yeah, I definitely uh, understand that uh, sentiment and, uh, and identify with it as well. It's, it's, even there are times where things can be overwhelming or, or, or you know, you don't feel at your best, but uh uh, for me and and you and and many others out there, there's just simply no option. Uh, we have to just keep going. Um, are we going to take a quick break? When we come back, I want to talk about the common problem that entrepreneurs face with uh, handling their money. It's a it's an important topic. We're going to get into that right after this. Catalyst 88 was developed to help entrepreneurs achieve their short and long-term goals in e-commerce markets by utilizing the power of shared entrepreneurial wisdom. Entrepreneurship is nothing if not lessons to be learned. Learn from others. Learn from us. I guarantee that we will learn from you. Visit Catalyst88.com because your success is our success. A giddy up. Okay, let me jump in here and we're going to, we're going to, break off the rest of this interview and put it in parts two and three uh, over the next couple days. So this has been part one of our three-part series with Daniel Amaduri, and it's also been episode number 106 of the Osmers podcast series. Just go to osmers.com slash 106. We're going to be back tomorrow talking more with Daniel about some of the different financial trends that are uh, happening in the world today, everything from cryptocurrency to you know crazy cannabis prices and and other things as well, and maybe even a prediction along the way from Daniel himself. Well, we've done it again, everybody. We have another episode of the Awesomers Podcast ready for the world. Thank you for joining us, and we hope that you've enjoyed our program today. Now is a good time to take a moment to subscribe, like, and share this podcast. Heck, you could even leave a, a review if you wanted. Awesomers around you will appreciate your help. It's only with your participation and sharing that we'll be able to achieve our goals. Our success is literally in your hands. Thank you again for joining us. We are at your service. Find out more about me, Steve Simonson, our guest, team, and all the other Osmers involved at Osmers.com. Thank you again. Osmers.com.